This is Cindy Burnett, and you are listening to the new Thoughts from a Page podcast. I love all things bookish. I run a bookstagram account called Thoughts from a Page. I write two book columns called Buzz Reads and Page Turners for a local Houston publication called The Buzz Magazines, and I co-operate a literary salon here in Houston called Conversations from a Page. We are currently on Zoom, so check us out at cfapage.net. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoy the show. Today, I am interviewing Lisa Duffy. Her latest book came out in May and is entitled My Kind of People. It is on the Conversations from a Page summer reading list because we loved it so much. Lisa Duffy is the author of The Salt House, named by Real People as the best book of the month upon its June release and one of Bustle's 17 best debut novels by women in 2017. And this is home, a favorite book club pick. Lisa received her MFA in creative writing from the University of Massachusetts. Her writing can be found in numerous publications, including Writer's Digest. She lives in the Boston area with her husband and three children. My Kind of People is her third novel. Welcome, Lisa. I'm so glad you're here today. How's everything going? I'm well, Cindy. Thanks for having me here. Absolutely. I would love to hear about your latest book, My Kind of People. Would you like to tell me about it? Sure, I would. Uh, So My Kind of People is my third novel. just came out this past uh, May. And it's about uh, a young girl who's orphaned for the second time uh, when her parents die in an accident. It's about the community of people who come together to take care of her. It's set on an island off the coast of Massachusetts called Ichabod Island, which is sort of loosely based off of Nantucket and Martha's Vineyard and that it, you know, it has a year-round community of people and, you know, K through 12 school system, but also has a very robust summer crowd. And that's when the the novel really kicks off is when the summer is just beginning. It's about how these group of people who live on this island, but also live on this one street on the island, come together to to take care of Skye, the young girl, and how they're different in sort of age and race and class and uh, all the different issues that arise from those differences. How did you decide to write about them? Like where did the ideas for the subject matter and everything come from? It came from a short story. I had written a short story years ago when I was getting my graduate degree in creative writing. And the short story itself didn't really come together very well, but there was this one scene that was that I really liked. And it was a married couple who have just returned from a visit with a therapist because they're having some problems in their marriage. And what unfolds is supposed to be this sort of intimate moment between the two of them. And it just goes sort of awkwardly wrong. <laughs> and I liked the scene and that I felt like it was, uh, it really showed these characters and showed, you know, who they are. So I started with that scene when I was writing the novel and I was starting to really explore these two characters and sort of open the door to the rest of the novel and that I, you know, I started to introduce other characters on the street they were living on. And, um, and that's when I knew it was really going to be a story about about this one street and the people that live there and then the larger community. And that scene turned out to uh, now is just uh, chapter two in the book. One of the things I like about your books is that you do include a wide range of characters, ages, uh, cultures, just a very diverse group, which is great because it represents what's happening in our world today. Is it hard to write a variety of things like that? No, I actually, I love it. I mean, I, I love writing in different points of view. I always feel like it's so, it's just fun as an author to sort of get inside different characters' heads, but, I, but you know, in a way that you can really, you know, represent their voice and, and play with that. And so this particular book has four points of view. 
in you know my past, I've always sort of meddled with that type of structure. I find it really freeing as a writer to to do that. So you know, it'll be interesting. Some of the stories I'm working on now are sort of written from just one point of view, and I find that actually more challenging. <laughs> I find it a little bit suffocating. Like I keep wanting to open the door to to other characters coming in. So it's it's one of the things that I really enjoy as a writer to be able to sort of play with that structure. And I think that structure is more common today. You're seeing it in more and more books. And I really enjoy reading multiple point of views, though I'm, I'm sure I will also enjoy reading your one point of view story because I love all of your books. But it's interesting because you can learn about different people different ways when you have multiple point of view. Yeah, you absolutely you can. And, you know, I, I think it allows, um, especially in this type of book, where we're really trying to get a different look at one situation Uh, from these different characters, you know, it it gives you just such a closer look when you're able to get inside somebody's head and to understand their emotions about the specific stuff that's happening and understand where they're coming from, given, you know, a particular character's race or age or gender and how that might look completely different to somebody else you know, who lives across the street and has different experiences and a different job and, you know, a lot of these different things. So for me, this was really that type of novel where I wanted to show how this might, this one child and her circumstances might look different to to the, to the people surrounding her. Well, and what was happening in her home? I don't want to give any spoilers, sure. but I think that definitely to understand her, you can understand some of the things that have happened to her, which unfolds as the story goes. Do you have a favorite character in this book? Um, I don't usually, you know, when I think when I think of favorite characters or in any of my books, it always really comes down to, I think I have favorite portions of the book that may be my favorite because they were, they were just maybe more engaging to write or easier to write. You know, sometimes I think when you think about the craft of writing, there may be a character that is just in- inherently difficult to write just as me as a, the author. And so I think in this particular book, Maggie, Maggie in the book is, um, you know, a middle-aged white woman. She's a teacher. She's struggling um, in her marriage, her long-term marriage to her husband, Pete, who is a te- is the police chief. You know, one of Maggie's issues in the book is really sort of setting aside some past or former ideas about herself of having to, you know, she's sort of the, the woman that's always nice and who pushes aside her anger because she's been taught from a very young age that to smile and to be nice and uh, that, you know, anger isn't pretty. And she she's really coming face to face with that idea and challenging it and it's changing her life. And I think there are parts of her that I really enjoyed writing because they're just, you know, I think that they're, they were, they're liberating. And so I, I don't want to say she's a favorite character, but I, I really connected with her struggle, and I really felt like those when I was writing those parts, uh, it was somewhat even cathartic for for me as the writer to get them out on, on paper. She makes a lot of progress, and you do cheer for her as she is getting out there and saying, "Okay, I've got to stand up for myself, and I need to kind of throw over the being nice, no matter what the consequence kind of thing," and and stands up for herself. I was cheering her on. Yeah, and I think you know, I think even on a on a level too, like she really is she's taking a look at her life from the outside and looking at how she's being told that everything is fine. 
but she doesn't feel that it is. And so for the first time in her life, she's really giving herself the permission to go with that feeling, to go with her gut, to say, this isn't, this isn't me anymore. This isn't what I want. And I think that can be a very difficult thing, you know, because it obviously has a lot of consequences. But, you know, I, I felt like her, her path in the journey was a very fun one to take with her. And I was happy to see that it paid off for her. You know, it took a little while and there was some stress, as there always going to be when there's major change. But in the end, it came through for her, which I thought was fabulous. Yes. I wanted to leave her on, a, on good footing. <laughs> what do you hope your readers take away from your book? You know, I always think I never want to write any of my books. Like, you know, when I sit down to write, I feel like there can be nothing so suffocating to me as to think, well, this is what I want to say in a way that is any sort of lesson. I, I know that, you know, on the, hopefully on the other end of what I'm writing, there will be a reader who will be taking this in and having feelings about it. But I really have to let that, the feelings of readers be what they are. And so, you know, I think my greatest hope is that, you know, when anyone is done reading something I've written is that they feel something, that they connect with a story in a way that it's almost in a way like they're, they're being taken to a different place. Because I know when I read, that's what I look for as a reader, to be transported and to, you know, forget about what's going on around me and being so invested in, in the characters. And that when I turn the last page, I'm sad to say goodbye to these characters and I'm sad to say goodbye to the story. So that's what I hope, you know, and whether that it makes your reader feel something that's uncomfortable, that's great. Or if it's feeling something that is hopeful, that's also great. You know, you, you just want them to be, you hope that they're emotionally invested in your words and your story and what you're putting out there. Are you surprised sometimes by the different things that readers will think or a character that they'll have thoughts about that maybe you didn't think that way? I mean, do you get different feedback or usually yeah. from your reader feedback, are you like, oh yeah, that makes sense to me? Yeah, I think, you know, you get a lot of different feedback that is always surprising. And I think the, the most interesting feedback is always that readers are often have things to say about the book that make me learn something about the book. You know, it, there's nothing more difficult, I think, as a writer when you're done with the book and then you have to write this, you know, sort of one page synopsis sometimes about what it's about. And a lot of times I have no, I don't know what brings me to certain characters or stories. You know, I think it's, it can sometimes be a great mystery for writers why we're writing about what we are. And so when you start to, you know, have reviews come in or, um, and you see sort of these consistent thoughts about, you know, some of the themes that's always so interesting to me because it's like, oh, I never, I never thought about it that way. So in a lot of ways, I feel like readers teach me more about my books than I, you know, than I know when I'm writing it. And it, you know, it's a lot of times you're, you know, a year or two out from a book before you can really get a grasp on why you were writing something. You know, when I was writing The Salt House, my debut, my father was in the in this, you know, stages of dealing with a disease and he, you know, ultimately passed away during that time. But the book wasn't really even about it was about the, the death of a young child. But you know, now that I'm gosh, so many years outside of that, it's, you know, I can look back at it and see sort of things that were woven in that I wasn't even aware of when I was doing it. Like maybe you were processing different things and they came out in what you wrote about in the Salt House, but not something you could tie directly to your father. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, because they seem so far apart, but really grief isn't 
grief is still grief. And so, you know, when you're writing about something, especially in this, my kind of people, when, you know, now that it's been out in the world for only about a month or so, I'm still sort of catching up on different bloggers or reviewers who will write about it. And that, that's interesting to me when, you know, I'll read something that it never dawned on me that that was part of the book or, or somebody has a way of looking at it that's just so interesting. You know, different readers who just get so lost in the story. I read a review recently and Ichabod Island is fictional. And somebody had done this wonderful review where uh, they said that, you know, it's on their bucket list to go there. So it felt so lovely that this person got so attached to this island. And I remember specifically uh, after I read all of Kittredge, I Googled Crosby, Maine, because I was like, there is no way that this isn't a real place. And it still doesn't seem you know, feasible to me that it's not real because it's so, you know, in the novel, it, there's just such a sense of place. So, you know, I, I think that type of stuff, I mean, that's just like a little gift back to you as a writer when you can have that sort of feedback from something that you, that, from a novel that you put out there. Two of my favorite things about your writing are your sense of place and the sense of community. The idea that community can come from many other things than just blood relatives. In talking about locations, I loved This Is Home so much and your last novel. And I still think about that apartment building that they lived in. And I feel like I was there. You wrote it so well. And same with my kind of people in Ichabod Island. You know, I love being transported someplace and feeling like I've actually been there while I'm just reading. And today that is particularly relevant when we're all sitting home. So it's nice to be transported to a variety of these places. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you. It is. And, you know, This Is Home was, I mean, that was truly going home for me because I grew up in the middle of an apartment of a triple-decker. So it was so fun to go back and spend some time with so many memories. And so, you know, in a lot of ways, I think that can be a difficult thing when you're, you know, picking, a, a choose, trying to choose a setting for a novel. You can't really start without it, but it, it's such a huge part of the novel that you really need to, you need to want to spend time there or your reader isn't, you know, if you, if you don't want to spend time there, your reader isn't going to want to either. So that's always the hardest part, I think, of starting something new is to figure out where this new place is that, you know, you're going to ask your readers to spend time. Well, that's interesting because my next question is what comes first, the plot or the characters? But maybe the question should be what comes first, the plot, the characters or the setting? Right. True. True. I think for me, it's always character for me. Always, always. There's always like a, a voice that starts the first couple pages of a story or the first couple characters having an interaction. And then I sort of have to figure out from that point, you know, who are these characters? But at the same time, I'm figuring out everything about them. You know, how old are they? Where do they live? What's the event that's kicking off this story? So, you know, you can't really get to set it. For me, I can't get to setting or I can't get to plot what moves the story along until I know what the character, who the characters are and what they want. So that always takes a little bit of time. And, you know, I think you usually learn it by about halfway through the first draft. Um, but even in, you know, after the first draft and when revision really starts is when I think that's when really the shading starts to come in and you start to really define everything about your characters. And that's when, once I know that first draft, that that's when the plot can really start to be ironed out. But before then, I, I really can't start with it. Well, your stories are very character driven. So I think that makes perfect sense. I'm always jealous of writers when you hear them talk about their process and they'll say like, I knew the, you know, I knew the ending immediately and I just had to write to it. And I think, oh God. 
<laughs> that would be so lovely. I wish it, I wish it wasn't, you know, a lot like that writing quote where you, there's the fog and the headlights and you're just sort of going as, as far as you can see. And that's just the process, unfortunately, for me. But I think even when people are writing toward an ending that they know, it doesn't always stay that ending. Sure. You know, things end up changing for them as they go. So yeah. I think yeah. starting with the characters works perfectly. So let's talk titles and covers. Do yes. you have a say in your titles and your covers? Yeah, I do. Actually, titles, I've been, I've never had an editor suggest a different one. So we've been well with all three novels. The Salt House took me longer to get there. I think that book had like three or four different titles through the revision process. And But when I ended on The Salt House, I knew it was the right one. And then This Is Home and My Kind of People immediately, you know, the titles are usually something that a character either says or thinks. And it, it just sticks with me that that's sort of like, in a larger picture, it works not only for that character, but for, for the book as a whole. I've learned to be sort of patient with titles because when you hit upon them, it, it's usually like, oh, that's it. That's what I've been looking for. Covers are a little bit different where... I think each book, The Salt House, we went through a lot of covers. And This Is Home, I knew immediately the the one that I liked. And then for My Kind of People, they only actually suggested one cover. And it ended up being the one, the current cover. And we really just played with fonts and in trying to get the color right. But besides that, they sort of nailed it. And they had a very specific idea. You know, it depends on who your imprint is and who your, sometimes, you know, your imprint will have a very specific idea of what they want. Uh, But I've been very lucky that I've had great experiences with being able to have some input. If I maybe didn't agree with something, there was always a reason behind it. And then I was like, oh, I get that. Like, you know, now I understand where you're coming from. And I've been, I've been very happy with all three of my covers. I love your covers too. And I was excited recently when you shared a post by a different bookstagrammer where she had done the cover herself, like acted out the cover and then had the book there. I thought that was so great. This is the perfect cover for that. And I hadn't really thought about that until I saw that photo. I know. That's a, I mean, it was, you know, she nailed it, like down to like the child was wearing. And this one was fun to see sort of the different takes on it. There are definitely some very clever bookstagrammers out there. How long does it take you to write a book? Typically, you know, I've had a different experience. My debut, I uh, that took me a long time. It took me about from the first word till like when it hit shelves it was about eight years. But I was going through, I was sort of putting it down, working on short stories. I was getting my MFA. But the last two books, it takes me about nine months to a year to get a solid first draft from like the first sentence that I write to where I have a draft that really just needs, you know, some shading and the plot line is pretty solid, but just sort of filling in different holes or making, you know, line editing and stuff like that. My next book, I'm not sure right now. It's This has been a difficult time, I think, for the last, you know, since we've really been in quarantine. It came upon at the time when my book was a couple months before it was being published. And there was a lot of sort of indecision on how that was going to work. And now the summer for me is always, my book's always published in the summer. And it's always sort of a a wacky time just because, you know, I have kids at home and now they're home even more because of the quarantine. So I haven't been as quick to sort of jump into something new. I'm sort of playing around with things. So I'm going to take that time off. I'm still going to 
try to stick to the you know nine months to a year when I have something that I'm really interested in sort of pursuing. But it's a good schedule for me. I like to sit down. I like to work Monday through Friday and I like to put in as many writing days as I can. So I think it keeps me um, sort of focused and allows me to get something done without losing track of what's going on. Well, and the other thing I've noticed and I've heard from a variety of authors is that moving everything online because of the quarantine actually sometimes makes these tours crazier because people can reach out to you from anywhere and ask you to be interviewing or showing up. And that, in fact, that's kind of made it a crazier tour schedule in one way than if you were traveling to various cities because you can contact so many different people, even like, you know, being able to do this podcast together when we're far apart. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, and I think it's, I think this is one of the positive things that has come out of this is that I've had so many people reach out to me and say, you know, whether friends or family, you know, I'm so excited that I got to come to this launch or this event, because even if you live close, it's sometimes hard to make a, an event at seven o'clock on a Tuesday night or whenever it is. So I think it's allowed access to, you know, a lot of people. And so I hope, I think it will continue. I think that you know, there's a place for both, you know, physical, uh, actual events, and then this online type of stuff. I just, I don't see it going away at all. And I hope it doesn't. (laughs) No, I agree completely. I think it's great. It's opened up a whole new way for people to see events. Like you said, you can just be in your pajamas or whatever it is you want to do, and you can still participate, which is great. Well, I'm going to ask the very last question now, which is tell me, some of your favorite recent reads, a title or two that you've really enjoyed recently? Well, I've been lucky. I have been, was able to revisit the, a wonderful book called uh, The Body Papers by Grace Toulousen. And it, it won the, let's see, it was winner of the uh, Restless Book Prize for uh, Immigrant Writing and explores Grace's experiences, you know, with abuse and depression and cancer and life as a Filipino immigrant. And it's just a beautiful, wonderful book. And I really got to spend some time with it over the last couple of weeks. And it's, you just get lost in the pages. It's just wonderful. And then another book that I actually received um, an advanced copy of is called The Door Between Us by Asana uh, Sadr. And her last name is spelled S-A-D-R. And it's a wonderful book set against the 2009 um, Iranian election when and it's when families are brought together for an arranged marriage. Well, great. Those both sound fabulous. I'm not familiar with either one. I'm going to have to go look them both up. I just want to say thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. And I want everyone to go out and pick up a copy of My Kind of People and read it. Thank you, Cindy. It's always so great to, to spend time with you. And thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the Thoughts from a Page podcast. If you like this episode, and I hope you did, please follow me on Instagram at Thoughts from a Page. Leave a review wherever you listen to your podcast and tell all your friends about the Thoughts from a Page podcast. I would really appreciate it. Lisa's book may be purchased at Murder by the Book, where I work part-time, and the link is in the show notes. Thanks to KP Regan for the sound editing. And as always, thanks so much for listening. Hello, podcast fans. Want to get weird with us? Come check out the Mad Scientist podcast. We are a weekly show that looks at the history, philosophy, and hard facts behind your biggest paranormal questions. Did the government really pay for a psychic spy program? Yes. Is it true that surgery got its start in grave robbing? Yes. 
Can a roller coaster really kill you? Legally, we can't say so for sure, but sometimes, yes! Woo! Join myself, Chris Cogswell, and my co-host, Marie Mayhew, as we examine the science, philosophy, and history behind the strange and unusual. All to discover what's possible and plausible versus what's, well, just made up. Check us out wherever you find your favorite podcasts. The Mad Scientist Podcast.